Hello, hello. Welcome to episode two of Ask Alika. You ask questions, we answer them around, yeah, around business, marketing and technology. That's right. And today is a Q&A session, which only seems appropriate for a show called Ask Alika. Uh, so we're going to be uh, talking through a few questions that we got from our networks that we reached out to. Um, so we're going to start off with a pretty hot topic, I think. Um, Zion that, mm. that gets asked a lot and it's a question that we deal with a lot Definitely. here at Alika because it does come up and the question is how do you eliminate bad reviews this one was an anonymous question um, but I suppose yeah that's I'll, I'll put it to you first Zion yep, can we, you eliminate bad reviews well for, yeah well firstly we yeah we get this like once a week I reckon from <laughs> all businesses like from plumbers to tradies to doctors to um Professional, professional services, services yeah. builders, like it's just the internet is rife with reviews. You can review anyone. And the most surprising one was, you know, you can review medical experts, uh, medical practitioners, which is scary. Um, so, yeah, we get this question a lot. A lot of people are worried, you know, that people think it only takes one or two bad reviews to ruin their business. The short answer actually is no, you can't remove bad reviews. No, well, you can see, and I think it's important to make a distinction here. You can't remove bad reviews. Mm. If you've given someone a bad service or product and they give you a bad review, unfortunately yep. that, that yep. exists and that stays. You can yep. remove fake reviews. So there are quite a few different routes you can take on yep. TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook that will let you report and then legally, you know, file a request or fill, file mm. a legal, fill in a legal form, sorry, to remove a fake review if you believe it's yeah. it's completely, you know, inaccurate and defamatory and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's one side of it. A bad review is a kind of a different kettle of fish and yeah. that's what we, I think, want to talk a little bit more it, about. Yeah, like, like what you said, Beth, you can... You can actually remove a review if you think it's illegitimate, but even doing that, you got to go through a lot of paperwork and it's a hassle <laughs> and it takes time. Whether or not you have the resources to do it, I don't know. So you can, but it's really hard. Um, and sorry, what was your other question? My other question? It, well, just whether or not you can. And, and you, yep. like I said, you can, but I think the important thing to, to pay attention to when if you are ever in the position of getting bad reviews is what what is it actually telling you you know and i think yeah. that's always the first the first thing to do is to take pause and go okay what happened here someone's upset with my business for whatever yep. reason and ask yourself the hard question is it legitimate did they have a cause to be upset did you give them a bad service or a bad product or a bad experience and if you did i think or whether you did or not, I think it's always important to ask that question and take any kind of feedback that you get from any customer or client and see how you can use that as an opportunity to become better. Yeah. Because so, it's always telling you something. So so firstly, yeah, no, that's right. So firstly, it's the mentality around it. So let's not be afraid of feedback. Yeah. Uh, I do understand that there are trolls. Right? Oh, yeah, And, of and things might not be fair. This is the internet. <laughs> so things that I would recommend, and, and I've been through this, you know, we get reviewed. Um is number one, try to respond to your bad reviews because often, and I've seen it happen with clients, people actually remove their reviews because they're so grateful that you've responded. So be polite, don't yeah. be too emotional. Ask, ask them a question. That's a great yeah, way. I'm so, sorry. Just, I'm so sorry to hear you had a bad experience. Yep. Can you tell me what it was that led to this? And, yep. and ask some more information. And often just the simple act of reaching out to someone who is obviously emotional yeah. when they write a bad review 
and saying, what happened? How can, how can I help? Yeah, that's right. That's a great starting point. And that, that alone is one of the best tips we can give is don't, don't let fear, you know, stop you from putting yourself out there online because people are going to say stuff about you no matter what. Well, yeah, you that's exist right. in this world. And, and look, if you <laughs> respond, and that's true, Beth, and if you respond, like, and I've seen it, people have removed their reviews because, and they actually say, oh, thank you for responding. I removed it, blah, blah, blah. So that's number one. Uh, and, and when you respond, don't be too emotional. Don't get defensive. You've seen the viral um, thing, messages, uh, sorry, the viral memes that have come out where <laughs> like restaurant owners especially get very defensive and then it becomes viral and then they get a bad rep. That's bad PR. So, so be, don't be too emotional. Be empathetic. Don't be too defensive. And the other thing I would say is, um, again, it's around the mentality of it. Like there's going to be, always be 10% of people Regardless of how good or bad you are, there's always at least 10% of people, between 10 to maybe 20%, if you're actually not that fantastic, that will actually complain about you. Um, and you can't do it, you can't control that. You can't please everyone. You can't please everyone. I think that's the important thing to remember is you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yep. And if you go about, if you, if you approach your business right. as, as something that is going to be 100% perfect for every potential customer that's just not the case that's and right that's not authentic <laughs> it's not authentic and, and that's the thing this is the other thing is that when i look at a, a business or a restaurant or whatever if i see too many great reviews and it's like for example if it's 100 percent mm. great or 99.9 percent, i worry yeah. i actually worry I <laughs> what, think if, it might be what fake. have they done yeah, yeah. what have they done how who many have they of these, hired yeah, yeah how many of these are I, fake if i see a terrible a couple of terrible reviews amongst heaps of really good ones I actually think, oh, this looks legit and I think those people are either morons yeah. or, excuse my language, or they they were just really unlucky. Yeah. Or they're trolls. Bad day. <laughs> they, That's it. They, they rocked up to your, your business yep. on a bad day and got, got a bad, That's bad, it. bad end of the stick. That's that right. That happens. Again, that happens. Exactly. No one's perfect 100% of the time. That's right. So authenticity is a good thing. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a few bad reviews. Definitely. Um, and what was the other thing? And the other thing is... Right, get more reviews. Especially yeah, get more good reviews. Get more. To of them. Push the bad ones down. Yes. So and ask like if you have customers that you know love you, they constantly come back. Yep. They've told you, "Gee, we love working with you." That's it. Send them a link to your send them your Google review that's right. link that's pre-filled with five stars and say, "Hey, would you mind clicking the submit yep. button um, right. and telling the rest of the world how great you that's find exactly us right. like, and there's nothing, there's nothing inauthentic about that. There's nothing that's wrong right. with that. If people love you, they'll, they'll go on their way yep. to do that anyway. If you make it and easy that, for and them. That's what I'm going to do with this podcast. I'm just going to get everyone to review it, <laughs> give it five stars, but, and then have one fake bad one. So it looks legit. <laughs> um, <laughs> the tricks are out. Well, yeah, no, that's right. So you mentioned a good point. So we'll put this in the description, but there is a, a kind of clever way of getting people to review your <laughs> your mm. your website or whatever five Move stars <laughs> yeah so so for example what often happens is um a client will say can you review me on google and then the and then their friends are like well how do i do that where's the link it's, how do i do it yeah <laughs> you know our clients have sometimes not made it easy for their friends or their clients to do it so if you put a lot of barriers in the way of people reviewing your stuff of course they're not going to do it so you know like there is a, a quite a clever trick where you can actually send a link to someone to Google review your business and when they click on the link and they see that what will happen is that a pop-up box will open with the leave your comment, leave your review here, but it will be pre, that comment box will be pre-filled with five stars so they don't have to 
click on how many stars. It's pre-filled, right? (laughs) So it'll just make it easier. Yeah. If you've done a bad job, they'll give you a one. But obviously we're talking about, you know, good customers of yours (laughs) that you know enjoy working with you. That if they if if it's authentic again, they'll they'll give you that good review. That's right. You don't have time, send you send it to your office manager to to do or your project manager or whatever Mm. or your admin person, but it's quite easy and just, mm. you know, start small. Start with one, two, three people that you know mm. that will give you a good review. It all counts. That's it. It all counts. Yeah, so. Cool. So I think that's a pretty good little yeah. summary of how, how we approach, um, you know, eliminating bad reviews and the fact that, well, actually you can't, but there's a lot of things you can do to manage That's right. Them, and that's, that's definitely right. what we would encourage. That's right. Cool. So thank you for the question, anonymous. <laughs> but moving on to question number two that we've got, uh, how do you scale your business? And this one's from Jeffrey. And... We're actually going to split this up into, I guess, I suppose, two sort of paths because just based on the experience, Zion and I both have um, one for professional services and and one from more of a startup um, mentality. So take yep. away, Zion. What's your yeah, experience cool. scaling a business? I'll, I'll let you talk about the startup scene because you've been in that scene for, for a few years. But, you know, professional services. So I grew a leaker. So we grew a leaker, you know. In the first five years of business, I, I, I don't know the stat. I think we grew up by a factor of 10 times in terms of revenue growth. Um, so that was, it was huge growth. And we went from, you know, me, Bernard, um, pretty much me and Bernard and, and one other person to like, I think 15 people in the first, um, you know, two, two to three years. And then wow. from 15 to 30 people in the next couple of years after that. So we went from like, you know, three to 30 pretty quickly now we've got 35 <laughs> plus so so in terms of growth made a lot of mistakes done a lot of good things as well <laughs> man where do i start oh okay what i wouldn't do we used to hire too fast especially in the first five years because we're growing so much and we would just hire based on a good resume and so we'll pull people in and be like all right uh, when can you start kind of thing <laughs> and then it takes a lot to if somebody's not good it not takes a right lot fit. to unwind that yeah. or, and remove them, to be quite frank. Like, it's mm. not easy to remove people in Australia. Um, so, so scaling that was tough. A, key, a key aspect of <laughs> finding the right people. Find the right people. So, how do you do this practically? First of all, it's better to be picky than it is to just hire people, first off. Mm-hmm. Um, always have a Rolodex of people that you know in your own network. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I know quite a few people in my own network and I keep in touch with them just in case we need people. Always have that ready. Um, so that's number one. Um, number two is be very fast in your daily operations. So Beth, you know me, I, I operate very fast <laughs> yep. and I make small-ish decisions very quickly. Like yep. I don't stuff around. Don't faff around. Don't just, faff around. Just get shit done. Very clear. Get I'm stuff wrong. done. <laughs> yeah, get stuff done. But in the bigger decisions, don't be too fast. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't oversimplify <laughs> yeah. things that do need that's that right. complex. That's right. So you see what I mean? Like in the, in the day-to-day, be very fast, be very decisive and know that you'll make mistakes, but well, that's cool, move on. But we're like doing this podcast, let's get it going, let's just do it and not worry about what everyone's going to think, is it going to work? We're on the big stuff like who do we hire, what kind of, should we introduce this product? Um, should we have another, you know, should we make this part of the office a, a games room? <laughs> like we used to make those. Good like, decision. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, good decision for morale and culture. But like in the, early stages i used to be fast me and bernie used to be fast in everything right yeah, if you can be fast in your day today great but be slow and patient in your bigger decisions mm, okay absolutely. so that, that, that's that's what i would say when you're scaling your business definitely 
uh, and have good people surrounding you, good legal, good finance, good, you know, don't just trust your friend. So we used to, you know, think that, oh, if we know someone really well, then they must be really good at what they do. But that's not always the case, right? Mm-hmm. Family, friends, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely. Cool. Startup scene, Beth. Tell us. Yeah. So I, I have been lucky enough to be around the startup scene for a little while in Perth. And I suppose my experience of, of seeing different organizations scale at that very early stage I think I actually think it's quite similar now kind of hearing you talk about that Zion it's Mm. the people you surround yourself with I think more than anything it's the network because you've got to you know once you get to that point where Mm. you know you once you've validated everything you've got an MVP you've got a business model you need to be surrounding yourself with people that can very quickly make you scale especially if you're a tech startup you know it's it would be so easy for someone to take your idea and and run with it you've got to run faster and you've got to run first. Yeah. And I think it's being able to move as quickly as possible. Yeah. And that is often through the power of your networks. It's yeah. having having the connections to the investors that you need, mm. um, the VC firms, the right people, you know. Because once you do get any sort of funding, you need to hire quickly and you need to be able to, mm. to make things happen really, really quickly. Mm. And I think that that's, that's really, really important as well as the, the age-old startup trick of pivoting you need to be super flexible in knowing that Mm. at any point you may need to change your entire approach and you need to be really comfortable with that and that's kind of a most startups would know that already and most startups have probably done that already and it's important that you're comfortable with that i think yeah no i agree and i think that um i think like with startup or with any business i think that multitasking as well like Mm. being able to multitask because Mm. if you're a business owner um or even if you just, if you just work in the business, you've got to be able to do a lot of things at once simultaneously. So you can't just like sell and then that's it. Mm. Or you can't just look at your finances and that's it. Or you can't just project manage a project and that's you, it. You've, you've got, got to be everything. A, you've got to be a generalist to some degree. Yeah, you got to, um, and yeah, that's right. You have to because you have to understand the different parts of the business and then you have to go, go, go really fast and make like a million decisions, not a million, but like <laughs> a lot of decisions in a day. So practically, like when I came out, I first worked in a bank as a, an account manager. So mm-hmm. we, I had to multitask a lot and that actually taught me a lot when I got into business, how to mm-hmm. multitask and make decisions fast. So I think mm-hmm. for young people doing a startup, you can get some experience, you know, in a, in a role that requires a lot of multitasking mm-hmm. and that is quite fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, like a client-facing role that's quite, especially client-facing roles, then I think that's good. Definitely. Yeah, so Definitely agree good. with that. Cool. So we'll jump on to question number three, which is how do you turn... A strategy into execution and this one is from Joseph uh, and I think this is uh, one you're quite passionate about Zion uh, yeah. so I'll, I'll throw over to you but because it is an interesting yeah, one. Yeah that, thanks but that's a great question before that I forgot to say something about scale your business and hopefully hopefully that, that Jeffrey might want to hear um, if you want to scale I don't, I don't know the context of that question but if you want to grow quickly another thing is you, you got to focus on selling so oh, that's yeah. actually the number one thing. So often people get caught up in the operations and in the detail of things that mm. don't, are not making money. So first off, before even everything that I said about picky, being picky about hiring, blah, 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 you actually have to focus a lot on selling. So You can have the best product or service oh, in the man. world. And if people don't believe that, okay, if you yep. can't tell people You're that. You're dead. You're stuffed. Yeah. Go get a job. Dead in the water. work nine to five because... <laughs> If you don't sell, you're not getting any of the money in any way to do your operations. So don't get caught up in perfecting your operations. 
sell, 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 market yourself, promote yourself, go to networking functions and work really hard to get your product, to get people signing. Mm. So that, that's what I'd say. Sorry, we'll go to the next, the next question again. <laughs> so that ties in quite nicely. How would you, how would you say that is the best way to turn a strategy into execution? So, you know, selling, for example. It's mm. all great to good and well to have a strategy, but how do you execute? Like what, what's the secret to that? Yeah, so we, we write a lot of strategy. Like even me and you, Beth, we write a lot of strategies. Absolutely. Strategy documents, digital strategy documents, digital marketing documents, website marketing, blah, 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 blah. So strategy is important. Right, it is important. Okay, Absolutely. so don't get plan up front. Don't plan don't just front, dive in. Have a strategy. No idea. Do your target audience mapping. All that's all that fancy buzzword stuff. But at the end of the day, and Beth, you know this well because you were in the startup scene before. Execution is the most important thing in this in this world. Oh, you can say all the pretty words you like. Yep. And as a writer, I know how easy that is to do. Yep. You can dress things up. <laughs> you can, look, but if great. you're not. If you're not actioning any of this stuff, it's completely useless. Oh man! It's just it's all talk, no no show. Yeah. If you were to get the perfect operator, they would have great strategy and they would have great execution. If I were to choose between the two, I would actually say execution first. And yeah. if your, your strategy is a bit a bit iffy, well, mm. fix that later down the track, right? And mm. and, and pivot another buzzword, pivot. <laughs> but man, I would choose execution over strategy or an idea any day of the week. And this whole thing about how 200-page documents with this well-planned-out strategy, how, how oh, they're so important, um, or you know, this multi-million-dollar idea that you might have in your brain that you know you don't want to share with anyone because they might steal it. Like you really need to put that to bed and understand that execution is the most important thing in this whole wide world. Mm. And I, what I would say in terms of the practical application of you know how do you turn strategy into execution start with one thing yep do something yep. one of my favorite authors in the world he has something called the do something principle mark yep. manson look him up if you haven't heard of him and the whole idea is that you just need to do something <laughs> start with one thing from your beautiful strategy that you've yep. written pick the, the pick the lowest hanging fruit pick the easiest thing to do and do that yep and then as soon as you've done that okay it's Sit yourself down and go, cool, what's next? What's the yeah, very next step? Totally. Look one step ahead when it comes to execution. Strategy totally. is looking at five, ten years. Yep. Execution is looking at the very next immediate that thing you that can you do. can do to move yourself forward. That's right. And that's where I think the difference, that's where I think people get caught up is they, they right. confuse the two that's and right. think that you can't have one without the other. That's right. Exactly right. And then the, what's that saying? You can't move a, a ship. Um, you can't steer a ship if it's not moving already. So often exactly. you just have to do and then the idea and strategy will come after. In fact, a lot of the time it will. Mm. Case study. This is a perfect example, right? How, do, how did I market? How do we market a leaker? We started off one thing at a time. You know, we started off doing really doing SEO for our company really well. So we're now getting leads from that. Then we went on to social. Um, and then podcast is, is the latest thing on my list, right? And and did you see a 200-page document on, on our podcasting strategy, Beth? No. No, we might be doing the wrong thing right now, but I, I really don't care because we'll figure it out. Mm. Like I'm taking the step. I've got a $90 mic, I've got a laptop, and we're talking, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then we're just going to figure it out. We'll get feedback, we'll, we'll keep going. And as long as I'm consistent, and as long as we're disciplined, mm-hmm. and as long as we do, 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 everything will eventually fall into place. Definitely. So I cannot say enough that you just got to do more. And, and one of the reasons, and you tell me if, if, if I'm right there, one of the reasons I think people are afraid of doing is because they're afraid. They're afraid of failing. Yep. Because if you do something, you might, it might not work. 
Yep. Whereas if you don't do anything, there's no, there's no, there's no chance that, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's no risk. There's no there's chance, no chance that you'll get it wrong. That's right. And I think that's, and that's a really important emotional and psychological trigger to be aware of. Everyone has that, Yeah. but it, that's never going to go away. But I think paying attention to the fact that it's there and then doing things anyway, that's the most important part. Big time. And also I think people are afraid of, and I used to be like this and sometimes I get caught up in it being afraid of what people think. Yeah. Like social media is a big tool, but uh, a lot it's of business back people... back to reviews. It links back to the review thing that we're afraid of what people say, we're afraid of what people think, we're afraid of fear, 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 fear. But man, like, you know, like we just can't care about what people think. There's always going to be people that don't like what I put on LinkedIn. There's always going to be people that don't like this podcast. I'll guarantee you, like there's someone who will listen and go, well, who are these guys? Who are these, you know, morons that I'm talking Again, excuse my language, but you just got to get over that. You really have to get over that and just do, 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 do. So that's my advice for that. Absolutely. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up. Those were the three questions we had um, on our list for today. So yeah, any any other questions that you guys have, please do send them our way. We really enjoy reading them and and then putting together yep. our, our thoughts and, and ideas on on what we yeah. what we would do in, in, in your positions and, and how we approach things. Yep. Um, and yeah, any feedback you have, yeah, let I've us got, know. I've got this uh, I got these questions we got these questions from link from my LinkedIn. Um, you can you can get us on there on my LinkedIn or Beth's LinkedIn, you can get us on look at the description, you know, the website, contact us form, the Facebook, whatever whenever, whatever. Just just yep, shoot ask things a question. Yeah. Whatever. Happy leave, to help. leave some feedback. And uh, yeah, we, we love answering your questions because this is the Ask Alika podcast. Yep. So we will be answering questions again and, very, very soon. And there's gonna be, you know, going forward it's gonna be a combination of interviews, Q and A. I'm gonna be interviewing some interesting people that are successful in their fields. Uh, I've got a podcast on artificial intelligence coming out. Um, the podcast on a you know story of a startup that that went on to do really good things. So yeah, stay tuned.